Welcome back to the... Oh, shit. Nearly broke the table there. Sorry, let's do that again. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the second episode of podcast slash YouTube channel. We still haven't worked out the name properly yet as we're recording this, but welcome back nonetheless. Um, as you can see, we're dressed the same and sitting in the same place because we haven't really moved, but this is out a week after the first one. Uh, hope you have listened to the first one. If you haven't, I'm sure there'll be a link somewhere, maybe in the description or below, to go and listen to the first one or to watch the first one. Um, that was all about, what was it about? I can't remember. <laughs> so professional. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this week is all all things uh, drinking on the job. Um, as you can see, we both drink. He's got his uh, old fashioned there. Um, how, how was it by like, the last Actually, one? really good, man. Good, so yeah. we're, we're still at Kanishka and um, the, yeah. the cocktails are, are amazing. So um, this is the second drink I've had because Shrey, that's just how he rolls. Uh, this is an old-fashioned cocktail. What are you drinking? The same thing? Yeah, I mean, I don't really... As 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 wild as I'd be, I'd have a pink gin. That's about it. Do you drink anything else apart from gin? That's a funny story, actually. So I used to drink... The first drink I ever drank in a nightclub, which was a club called Aura in Mayfair. Do you remember Aura? Yes. First one I ever drank was a, a JD Coke, as usual, because I'm a brown person. Uh, and then when I got a bit older, I had vodka lemonades. Mainly because, which we're going to talk about, I didn't want people to know I was drinking at weddings. The professional so I, so I went for a see-through, you know, colourless drink. Um, so vodka lemonade. And I had a gig in Hungary, Budapest. And um, it, was a, it was a Friday, Saturday gig. And on the Sunday on the way home, I just sat there and I was like, how much lemon, like how much Sprite have I had over the last two, three days? And I worked out like nine litres of Sprite. And I was like, mm. that is, that needs to, that needs to change. I was, luckily I was only 21 or something at the time. So I tried vodka, soda, vodka tonic. I think they're sweeping the stairs next to me. Um, vodka tonic, I didn't like any of that. Any of that. So I, I changed to gin and tonic and I never looked back. Interesting, man, because I, <laughs> I can tell you about my experiences drinking, which yeah. is uh, the first time I remember drinking in the nightclub was, um, was Destiny, which was in Watford. Mm. And the drinks that we used to drink them days were like kind of Smirnoff ice or kind of pre-drinking, etc. beforehand. Man of Ice was really popular then, like how popular Probably it is now, I'm not too sure. Yeah, literally. And then, as I kind of progressed, I kind of was never into beers, to be honest with you. Even till now, bro. Same. I, I'm not really a bro, beer I've drinker. I've had two beers in my life. Really? One was with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I try to drink beer when I'm not trying to drink. That's, so the, that's the kind of drink I'm saying, oh, if you I'm and not, I did not a, really here drinking, it'll be a beer. Before you continue with your story, tell you about that beer story. So you and I did a gig, it was, it was your gig actually. I think I was only 19 or something. And you did a gig, Greek restaurant, rooftop. Okay, uh, Broadway Brunch. I can't remember. Yeah. You knew the owner yeah, yeah, very yeah. well. Broadway Brunch. Yeah, he's a cool guy. And he gave us two beers. And we both, I think they were, were Budweiser's, I can't remember. We both took them and we both looked at each other and we're like, see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> we just had the beer. You know what? It's, 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 yeah, no, I actually remember that party. I don't remember the beer aspect of things, but um, it's saying most of my friends, they tend to drink beers, right? Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. Think, from my progression from, from Smirnoff Ice, it kind of went straight into vodka. Smirnoff Ice! I know. Ice. I went to vodka and um, when I was a student, vodka, Red Bull, yeah, very popular. Yeah, vodka was, yeah. So time, all of the vodka parties. Then it kind of went to vodka cranberry. Then from vodka cranberry, I went to vodka soda. And vodka soda and fresh lime, and it must be fresh squeezed lime, is the one. That's and what, then that's got me right questioning. Now, way, Old yeah. fashioned is only, again, when, when I'm in a restaurant or, or kind of a, a place where they kind of do really good cocktails, then I would, I would have a couple of cocktails. But my go-to drink is vodka soda all day long. Okay. So to be fair, when I'm with a 
like with the missus or something, and I have a, I order a gin and tonic, they always put it in front of her because it comes <laughs> in this like, it, I mean, it's quite a feminine sort of glass in it really, and they always put it next to the girl, and I'm just like, actually, that's that's, that's mine. <laughs> the beers for her. <laughs> I'm joking, not the beer, but why does she drink beers? No, 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 not <laughs> messy. But like, yeah, I know a lot of girls that drink beers though. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. I mean, I find it a bit strange. I, I, I think it's quite cool, to be fair, but I just can't, can't do beers, man. The only, the only beer that I really like, for me, is Guinness. That's a, that's the strong one, isn't it? Like the, uh, the Irish one. Yeah, the yeah, Irish. Yeah. Actually, I did a destination wedding to Ireland. I don't know if you remember. It was in, I think it was in Dublin actually, and um, this is not stereotyping Irish people at all. But it was a mixed wedding. So half the family were Irish, um, and half were Indian from London, um, and. So I got there at like eight in the morning or something. I flew there. The ceremony was at 11 and they started drinking Guinness at 11. And let's just say my flight was at like four in the morning. So the reception was in the evening. They're still drinking Guinness from 11 a.m. basically to about 2 a.m. Just Guinness. All the whole, the whole time, just Guinness. They must have gone through at least 25 pints each of Guinness, 100%. <laughs> I actually played two hours extra because they kept giving me drinks and they were like, will you just play on, play on, you play on? So we touched on last song last in the last podcast, right? They kept saying, like, and because they kept feeding me drink, the bride and groom were like, here, drink, drink, drink. And I was like, oh, I've got nowhere to go tomorrow. I'm just flying home. And then I was like, cool. I had done another two hours and I left there and it was in a hotel. So I went and got my suitcase I packed before and I went straight to the airport. You see, destination wedding is, is the only time really you can go through. You see what I was mentioning in the last podcast about the last song, etc., and mm. one more song. You don't get that same kind of issue when it's a destination wedding because, like you said, when you know you haven't got nothing to do the next day, you know you're flying back and you've got a late night flight, um, and, and the guests are having fun. It's one o'clock and you've been told you're contracted until one, but you know you're you're welcome to play for longer. Isn't it's cool? But that's, I think that's the that's thing. After you can do that. say you're booked till one, if you then get smashed between one and three, that's no one's business. That's up to you. And if you're playing music for them, you're doing them a favor. So it's up, that's up to you. That's the thing. It's, it's a vibe, right? It's, um, it's the same. I remember playing when I was in Bali, I'd done this wedding and it, the, the wedding was meant to finish at one and it went on until six in the morning. Jeez. And not once did somebody from the venue or anybody complain. Everyone was kind of, kind of happy. They were like, yeah, cool. Carry on Keep playing. Going, yeah, yeah. But that, you know, on the back end of that is where you really get the, the, the credibility or you kind of, you get the referrals, you get the bookings. The next day, everyone will be like, yo, who was that DJ or oh, Rugs, that was sick, or, you know, can we book you or whatever, you know. That's, that's what happens the next day at breakfast. The next day, everyone's like, yeah. who was DJing last night? If that's what you mentioned even yeah. last time. When you, when you get the opportunity to actually meet the Brian and Groom a few more times or become friends, then you end up actually becoming friends with a lot of their friends. Yeah. And, then, and naturally, every Brian and Groom's wedding that we do, then yeah. they have... And friends. we're not becoming friends with them because we want leads. It's because we're actually... I like you, them. Yeah, yeah you, you have a I mean? good time. You have a good time. Yeah, yeah. And that's the beauty about music, man. You can put everyone. Birthday parties you, and stuff. You can unite everyone within within that that frame and like. Tell and, you and what, bring, actually, bring I happiness. did a. Um, what was a good idea one night? So obviously, in a destination one, you want to differentiate all the nights. You don't want to have the same music for the you know three four nights in a row. But what they did one night was they kept it very Bollywood. Um, but towards the end, everyone got drunk and they sort of said, "Let's do a karaoke." So I had people singing Spice Girls, Michael Jackson, all this kind of stuff. And that was, in my opinion, the best night of the whole thing. Like, it was so fun. It was so much fun. Maybe it's because it was the first night. I don't know. But 
that was a good element to add. Anyways, we're going off on a tangent. Drinking. <laughs> so let's say you have a wedding in a in a fancy hotel, central London, um, like a Mayfair hotel, whatever, and uh, you are not driving the van or you're not doing production, you're just DJing. What's your policy? It, it kind of varies, to be honest with you. What I've noticed is um, it kind of depends on, on the on the bride and groom firstly, mm. on, on their vibe. Now, I'll be honest, as a DJ, since I, since I started DJing, which goes back quite quite some time. Um, 45 years or something? Yeah, give or take, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, but when I started DJing, drinking as a DJ was always kind of, it's always been accepted. I've never yeah. really, or, or very rarely <clears throat> had someone come and say, oh, oh you know, you're a DJ, um, you shouldn't drink or, you know, it's always been the opposite. It's always been, oh, you're a DJ. Would you like a drink? Oh, yeah. you're the DJ here. When I used to play in nightclubs, every club I'd play in, I'd be asking for a bottle. Yeah, yeah. Like, and and I'm, I know that I know that's what you do now. Yeah. Right? So now it's, do, it's yeah, the yeah. same basis. But when it comes to a wedding, I would never tell the bride and groom, oh, actually, what my rider is for a nightclub is, no. is a bottle with X, Y, Z, is what I would want for the wedding. If anything, I'm just, I just want to be fed at some point. Maybe. Do you know what? Do you know what? It sounds weird. Actually, food is, we should talk about that as well. But what's weird is, so when, when, um, a bride and groom have they're, they're dealing with the production themselves or we're, de- we're doing a big production and, and I don't need to do any setup myself then um, they always ask my rider so like oh what what equipment do you actually physically need to DJ on particularly these high end Mayfair and Park Lane hotels whatever they ask for my rider and my rider is obviously I've got a technical rider and I've got a personal rider on. it's on the same it's on one page so one pager so I send that to them and they say oh um, it says bottle of gin, mixed fruit platter, this, that, 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 that. And I'm like, yeah, don't worry about that. Just do that. But that, in a way, that means that they know I drink. And it means that I expect a couple of drinks. But how many dealers do you know that don't drink? Well, this is the there thing. Is, I know there is many. And, and I've done many parties without no alcohol there. And it's not to say I was saying every party needs alcohol. Every no. dealer needs to be, be drunk or everyone no. needs to be drinking. Yeah. But I can tell you from my experience, sometimes it kind of helps kind of Get into the flow of things. Yeah. In many occasions, I can DJ perfectly fine without alcohol, right? Just, just, oh, just yeah. for the record, I can, I can DJ perfectly fine. But in my mind, I DJ a little bit better if I've had a few drinks. Um, and if I'm at the, um, the kind, of, sorry. Phone's going. Here we go. So, um, clients are ringing me. So it's going to be a <laughs> how very many meetings you missed today? <laughs> how many, <laughs> how many bookings you missed today? Because <laughs> um, your number is the musical mute's number, isn't it? At the moment, it's all running um, from this phone. Yeah, see, that's 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 uh, your phone must be mental. My phone's crazy, but get listen, an, I'm get a, another phone. I know, I want to, but I'm a workaholic. I, I love it, to be honest with you. If you've got your laptop on I, your phone, you're good. I've got my laptop with me as well. There you go, yeah, you're good. Comes everywhere. <laughs> we should get a sponsorship from Apple, I swear. I know. The amount of Apple products. I, I actually need a new laptop. Are you, you going to get the new, there's a, so there's a new MacBook. Are you going to get a MacBook? I'm well, assuming. I'm going to definitely get a MacBook because I can't really use something else that's not Mac. I've been well, so like used how, to using it. As a this. DJ, I like I how everything synced. So like my watch, my phone, my iPad, my Macs, they're all iCloud synced. There's a lot of stuff around us right now, isn't there? Indeed. Coffee machines going on. Man, I like it. Um, so yeah, going back to the drinking thing, I think you're right. You know, DJs can go through phases of having water for one month and then having alcohol for one month, but that doesn't mean to say your DJing performance is going to vary. No, no, exactly. I, think I would say we are better DJs with at least three or four doubles down us. I think... 100%. Yeah, I, I, I'm, Sean's not gonna, I'm not going to lie. So I think, um, yeah, I think Sean actually experienced it the, the other day where we were, we were at a wedding and um, 
it wasn't even the bride or groom, it was like the father of the bride or something, right? And um, he li literally come out of his way from the bar, specifically with a drink for me. Wow. And what was, what am I going to do? Am I going to say no? I can't say no. And the kind of, and, and this is the kind of, that's the kind of school a, a lot of the families have, have been like around me to some capacity. It's sort of like everywhere I've ever gone, it's like, how are you? You know, do you want a drink? Um, and, and that kind of goes from clubs, restaurants, and, and, and after and that's the wedding. A, that's another thing, because like, obviously, one thing for sure is that as you grow up as a DJ, like, so like when you were growing up, maybe say five years ago, all your friends were getting married. So it was, it was difficult for you not to drink at these weddings. And now a lot of my friends are getting married and it's like, or my friend's sister or my friend's brother's getting married. And I'm just like, yeah, but you not drink. You would drink more naturally at like a friend's wedding, for example, opposed yeah, to it being someone that you don't know as well, right? But I think it's, it's, it's interesting because sometimes no other supplier, no other wedding supplier can kind of probably get away with drinking on the I job. I don't know any really. job. Any job. Any job, actually. It's true. On the job. No, I, I think DJing. Even bar staff, I've always thought, do bar staff, have they got like a green light to drink on the job? I like, think so. Or, or not? Or is so, it kind of, again, oh, no, you can't drink? Because I've noticed when I used to work in a lot of the clubs, the bar staff were a lot more fun, a lot more of a vibe, but kind of encouraging for, for, for the, yeah, the guests out there the, to the, party. The, the classic uh, rule is that if a barman or a bar girl, bar woman, makes a mistake or drops a glass, whatever, they all have to have a shot. That was the classic rule. Like that was, that was just a known thing. I don't know if you, if you ever heard of that, but that was just a known thing at bars and clubs. Like if someone makes a mistake or they drop a bottle and it, everyone has to have a shot in, inside the bar, like all the staff have a shot. I feel like that a lot of them are not allowed to drink now. Well, a lot of the clubs, I remember, right, depending on who the manager was, some of them are told you're not allowed to drink. Like one of the clubs I used to work with quite closely, their staff was not allowed to drink on the job. At all? At all, in oh, the wow. venue. So, uh, and, and prior to that, when I knew them all, they were drinking. And the whole kind of vibe changed when they were told you're not allowed to drink anymore. Because when yeah. I used to ask them for drinks, they'll be like, oh, you can have a drink but you, we have to charge you for it. And I'm like, yeah. okay, that, that's fine. But it, they didn't stop me from drinking. I think the only once in my career that I can actually recall, one of the suppliers has actually said, listen, you're, you're not allowed to drink. Um, so that, this, that's that. This actually happened to me uh, in a very famous club about a month ago in Leicester Square. So I'm DJing, uh, it was a Desi night. It was actually going pretty well, to be fair. Um, and the booth is situated literally, so like the bar's here and the booth is just a, slightly above it, but touching the bar, like it's literally like you can lean over and reach a bottle, it's that close. So I said to the guy, can I have a gin and tonic, obviously? And he was like, no. I was like, I'll pay for it, I don't mind, just can I have one? He goes, no. I was like, why? He goes, you're not allowed alcohol, we're not allowed to give DJs alcohol. That was their, I don't know if that was just for the, the promoters have put this rule in place or the club managers have now implemented this rule. No, I don't know if it's you know a thing what? on a Friday or maybe it's a Wednesday, it's a Friday, I don't know. I, I can see, like, from a nightclub perspective, like, in many times, because the DJ sometimes, you know, if you're not the regular in-house DJ that plays in week in, week out, and, and it's kind of like um, a one-off gig where you're in a club, the venue are conscious of, you know, my equipment's here, why are they going to let the DJ Bro, come, etc. club equipment, man. I know it's already battered. I it's, know that. But when you're at a wedding, it's your own equipment, firstly. So yeah, if you drop true. anything, should you? 
um, it's going to drop on your own equipment. Not oh, that's I've happen, had so many spillages, laptops. My, one of my decks broke last month. It's, and it's usually the guests that yeah, drop. Yeah, yeah, and what can you say? Like, you can't be like, yeah, that's a £2,500 CDJ bank transfer, please. Like, <laughs> uh, Yeah, I'll be honest. But a lot of my uh, early career, a lot of my equipment got damaged because of, of spillage. My laptop, my early, one of my first MacBook Pros got, um, when I used to drink JD back in the day, had a JD Coke next to my laptop, which was stupid on my behalf. But someone went to spud me, like, give me a high five because you know, like the music, whatever. Knocked the glass on my Mac and the whole Mac was dripping and so i had to unplug turn it upside down there was no music it was a disaster but i had to get a new mac yeah the same thing happened to me and scar at metro like literally was it a guest or Uh, it was a guest and um they dropped like half of a pint literally on his laptop as they come in the dj booth requesting a song Uh, and um yeah I, i remember that and these things, I guess, they, they do happen, right? That's the reality. There's then, some, there's is there some insurance you can, you can get covered for these things? I don't even know. I guess there is. Like, even... Those. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. But sometimes it kind of happens. I now no longer will ever leave a drink near my yeah, laptop. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, one same. thing I do, if I have my laptop, it's kind of on a stand. If I do have a drink, it's not near it. And anyone that's around me, I try my best to avoid it. Because yeah. the other thing that happens at weddings a lot is people put their drinks Full glasses on, on speakers. On the bass bins. But on the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the DJ booth, next to the DJ booth. And that just rattles off and falls over. And you can kind of see it. Because you've got bass bins and then you've got a pole and then you've got speakers, right? Which yeah. A lot of people, they don't quite understand. They just think that's a stand for the speaker. It's not. It's a bass bin. So I've actually had, it was actually one of the house parties that I'd done a couple of years ago. I think it was their 50th birthday or something. And it was actually, it was not a guest. It was the person helping me do the setup. He left his full glass on the base bin at the back obviously behind the pole so like our side if you like and obviously the controls are at the back you know the power and and it obviously the vibrations move the glass back 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 and it tipped t- tipped over and it broke that base bin so i had to we were using one base bin, which is fine volume wise but that base bin needed repairing and that's another expense and you again do you charge the guy that works with you as well like like or say the guy that works with you drives your van that's the thing, I think. It. What would you do? What do you do? You, I, I guess the fact is into accidental damage and precaution, like where possible. Do you want to go through insurance for a little scratch? No, I, I've gone through some in, like, insurance in the past with some of the things that are broken. But to be honest with you, I found the whole experience of actually being long mm. um, and, and not necessarily worthwhile on the basis of that. So um, it's, It is long. But I think that's a, a good point that you make about drinking as well, going back to it. Um, you know, within your limits, have a drink, I think. Is what I'd say. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I'm not telling you to. I'm not telling you to go and have a drink every time you DJ. If you're if you're listening and you're a DJ, I'm not saying go and drink and make sure you get drunk. I'm saying if you need a few drinks to get into the vibe, I don't see a problem with that. I tell you, yeah, I I think I agree because you know, many times I get a lot of anxiety from playing sometimes, and as, as much as I do this week in week out, as many as long as I've been doing this, sometimes I have those days where I'm just yeah, you have not, like a mind blank. Yeah, a mind blank. I'm kind of. I had it on Saturday. I had to, yeah. uh, bro. I was DJing. At, there's a fly. Yeah, I thought so. I thought there was a spider falling on my head. I didn't know what to do. Oh, <laughs> but oh man, a, I hate fly. bugs. Did you see where it went? <laughs> the last time I done a um, a podcast episode or a video recording with Shrey, there was a, <laughs> that was a there was a bug was a, that flew on his face. Bug. At my it house. was like a, it was like a bat. It was literally like a <laughs> bat. It was like a bird. <laughs> and it and it, we were outside. And he was on the floor crying. <laughs> It was horrendous. It flew in my face whilst I was doing an interview with someone. Oh, it was so <laughs> bad. Anyways, what was I saying? 
yeah, last Saturday, um, I already had a weird vibe. Because, you know, and people won't know this listening from home or whatever. They won't know that there's, you can, you can, you can gauge the vibe very early. Like, is there, are they cheering when they walk in? You know, are they doing three cheers really loudly? Are they screaming when they're cutting? You can get the vibe. You know, oh, these lot are going to be on it later tonight if they've had a few drinks. This Saturday, it was very mixed. It was one of the weirdest vibes because I think the, the bride and groom had a lot of colleagues, a lot of younger and older uh, family and friends. And it was all very like, this guy's cleaning the windows. <laughs> See that? Uh, it was a very mixed crowd. And that, you know, weddings are already really difficult to play at. But when you, when you have that much of a mix and, and they're not all Asian and you had, you had, you know, loads of different cultures there, it's difficult to pin down a, a certain set that, you know, okay, these will bang, these tracks will be sick, this genre will work. I didn't know. I was literally stuck. At one stage, I had about 45 minutes to go. And I mentioned, I don't know if it was in this podcast, the last one, I mentioned to the, the, the dancers that were performing, I said, what, what do you think I should play? And they were like, go with Whitney Houston or, or something like that and see what happens. And I did and it worked. Interesting you say that because sometimes I do the same thing. Sometimes I'll yeah. talk to, to someone that's with me that, that's assisting with the lighting, for example, mm. and kind of ask them their opinions. Like, oh, what do you think? Like, I would like to kind of get what, or, or gauge what people well, say. Oh yeah, 90% of the time we know what we're doing, bang it out, shut it down, go home. Yeah. But sometimes you have that little like, oh my it, God, what, what do I play? It, like, can, it can be literally one person that can, might throw you off with something that they want. And the thing that want. gets you past it is alcohol. Sometimes, because, yeah, when you're yeah. in a room and people are drinking and yeah. people are, are drunk and you're completely sober, it's harder. It's harder to deal with it. I always say, I'm not saying, I'm not saying keep up with people drink for drink or, you know, get as drunk as everyone else. But I'm saying if, if they're having a few drinks and you are also having a few drinks, you'll be able to get, <clears throat> excuse me, you'll be able to get the vibe of what they would want to hear next. You can kind of. You can't even imagine you can yourself partying yeah. again to some capacity, right? Because yeah. it's the same. When I'm, when I'm in my zone, I'm more so in the zone when, when I've had a couple of drinks and I've, I've kind of loosened up to yeah. some capacity and then I can play with a bit more confidence. Yeah. But otherwise, when, I, when I'm playing or if I'm recording at home, etc., yeah. it's a whole different thing. Different. When I'm recording mixes for radios or for me, I would, I don't, I would never drink. It's only if I'm in front of people. Yeah, yeah. Then I kind of feel like, okay, it's kind of like a, it kind of, Gives me that that's the hidden vibe. And that's, that's the same reason why I don't like lights. Because I like it dark. The exact same reason, yeah. I think, it, it partly plays on this whole factor. But that's it. all of it. If you want a good dance floor at a wedding reception, you have to have the right lighting, dark as possible, essentially. You have to have a lighting technician that's going to put strobes in every now and then or whatever on the big tracks. You have to have uh, the music playing at the right, you know, the song selection playing what playing certain songs at the right time is, is key and you have to have the bride and groom on the dance floor the whole time you have to have the bar in the room there's so many different factors that make a good dance in a reception and if you're missing two or three of them it's really tricky for us like say the bars in the next room that's like a whole I hate that and I'm like oh I, I already go to that wedding thinking this is gonna be difficult I agree I think sometimes you know you, Sometimes it can be set up to be a little bit more difficult Ooh. on the basis of that. And I agree with the bar being in another room is a big factor mm. into, into the party element of things. Now, sometimes it's not always convenient due to the numbers of guests they can expect. Yeah, and some, the some of the best venues in the country have the bar in another room and that, that, it still works. But, it, but I've found that a lot, a lot more so recently. 
um, people have actually just acknowledged that they need the bar in the main room yeah. and it's they've, become they've a, there, yeah. a, a feature point. For example, like a circular bar with a tree in the middle, Epic. right next to the dance floor, something like that. It's becoming more and more popular. And, um, and, and I can see firsthand that the party atmosphere with a bar in the room, a bar in another room, yeah. all of these kind of things now, it, it, it works. But it's also based on, on the families, on the, on, on the audience and how it is. Like for me, if I don't feel... Um, a right vibe that they are going to be kind of okay or encouraging me to drink. If they don't ask me for a drink or suggest for me to have a drink, I very rarely would actually go out of my way to make sure I'm drinking. So it's kind yeah. of like naturally with every bar and groom, I don't want to sharp out a wedding and make them feel like um, we're disrespecting no, them no, or anything like that. But I think the, the beauty about what we do as DJs has never been a, a sort of a scenario I can recall where someone's actually said, oh, wait a minute. You're a DJ, why, why are you drinking? Yeah, why are you drinking? Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's never, now when no. I ask a photographer, oh, hey guys, how's it going, do you want a drink? They're a little bit more reluctant at times to be like, um, they can't be seen Shooting to have one a drink. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I mean, it's interesting because I guess no one really has kind of addressed it in, in that circumstance. In nightclubs, yeah, of course, that's been addressed. People know, DJs will drink. It's, that is what it is. It's, yeah. it's, they're not gonna yeah, show yeah, up yeah. in a nightclub and be told I'm not allowed to drink. Very rarely. Although, yes, it is a job, um, so actually, that's another point. So I would, I actually don't have any alcohol until just before the first dance is about to start. So I'll have Coke, water, whatever it might be, up until, because usually it's first dance then into the party, right? So let's say it's, it, it goes mains, desserts, first dance, party. During the mains, I'll go and get two or three gin and tonics and I'll just leave them on the side. And then once the first dance is done, then I'll have a few drinks. You know what? I'm, I'm actually the exact same. Yeah, I, 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 I don't have a drink until the party started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until the actual first dance. Unless I'm driving. With and then started. If I'm driving, then I'll have one or two during the starters and I'm yeah. done. That's it. But t nine times out of ten, we're not driving the vans or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly the same. Totally agree with that. Because I think... But at the same time, I, I, I mean, I can say this from experience because I know, I know everyone that on our team that does drink. Mm. They drink sensibly. It's not a case where they show up and they get completely smashed. And to be honest with you, you know, there, there probably is companies that do do that. There is there people are. that do, do get drunk. Let's be real, there is. There is, and it happens. But at the same time, it's not a case where someone has actually addressed this and said, oh, this should be flagged or this should be regulated or anything like that. I hear stories quite frequently about people that have been really, really drunk at a, a yeah, wedding and X, Y, Z. The thing is, yeah, those DJs, they can get away with it because those circles or those... Um, types of weddings they encourage it they don't mind it yeah and they'll and they, pay you they and they'll, they'll be it. like here here's, here's a, a bottle tip, has a, have a another drink yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah they're like they're like go go play more bangla or you know whatever it might be we're not again not stereotyping but it, it could be any type of wedding where you know i've done a actually I probably shouldn't say what it is but i've done a type of wedding where they were literally force feeding you drinks and it was like i'm loving it i'm like yes it's dope like i could play the type of music I want to play and they're giving me these these drinks and everyone's encouraging it but what would you do if if so like you might have had um, well I certainly have had a bride and groom they both went to a very prestigious university they're actually one is actually a rocket scientist I'm not even lying um, I, I actually did this both siblings weddings um, a year apart uh, and the other one was some sort of medical doctor or something like that they're very good professionals right um and i never got the vibe from them that they're too much into the whole partying alcohol drinking vibe 
Um, so automatically, and maybe wrongly, I just assumed I shouldn't drink at this wedding. How do you, like, do you, do you ever get that? Is I that do. Me? No, no, I get that a lot. Likewise, because the thing is this, if you I go like, there and the bride and groom are not, so rude, like, if, if they're not like really that, drinking, then I feel like, you know, I don't, I, I've gone to many weddings and, yeah. and some of them have, there's have, been no alcohol and it's not affected anything on the basis of, of the party to, to yeah. some capacity. Some of the parties have been really good. But I, um, I'm much, I'm much a, a vibesy person. I think if I don't feel like, but then like the vibe is right, I won't drink. Yeah. So I think the the thing with us is, if you book a DJ rug route or you book Shrey for your wedding reception, you're you're essentially getting a nightclub that plays Western and Asian music at your reception. That's what you're getting. Yeah, it, it, I, that's I it. agree. Simple as that. But you're not gonna get um, seven hours of bhangra. You're not gonna get a Bollywood night. You, we can if we wanted to, but the main thing is it's gonna be a hip hop night, um, a Bollywood night, a bhangra night, blended into one, you know, Afro beats, what, whatever's trending in the clubs, or, or you know, Asian world as well, in your reception, and, and that, think, that stemmed down to the club atmosphere with that alcohol and stuff. That's what you're saying, yeah. Exactly. That's 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 what I think. You know, naturally, our background or our journey in regards to the wedding world has perhaps been something different because mm. we have come from nightclubs. We have stemmed. From that we kind of played in majority of the club world and then kind of moved into the wedding world and naturally the experiences that we've had on the back end of the the club world into the well, wedding that's, world that's exactly that's so true because you know what when i first started doing weddings i was it was the same time i was doing the residency at, for milkshake at ministry right yeah. so, and i was in the main room playing hip-hop which was back then hip-hop now i don't i don't call it hip-hop but back then it was hip-hop to 2000 kids which were actually older than me at the time, every Tuesday. So when I went and done a nightclub, the, the brides and grooms and the guests, were, they were gassed. They were like, we've never heard this in a, in a, in a especially a Gujarati wedding. We've never, like, can, can we book you? And I was like, yeah, cool. And that's how it all started for me. I'm sure it's very similar for you. Exactly, exactly so. They've never heard, like, like migraine scan at a Gujarati wedding. Do you know what I mean? It's true, it's yeah. true. I'll take, I'll think started, that, yeah. Again, it comes down to the fact that we come from clubs and I think you know a lot of other other companies may come from just weddings and they never necessarily had the same journey as us growing up yeah um, playing in, in clubs or playing in, in the atmosphere where it's been more wedding based and but at the same time does that affect the amount of alcohol that they that other people potentially could be drinking on jobs etc couldn't be drinking <laughs> because technically the reality is every DJ I know in any field that they're in they drink. majority of them not not to say I have seen some disasters would drink I've seen some really bad disasters I've seen some how can I put it? I've seen some very drunk DJs using or abusing equipment in a nightclub, and I'm just like, "What are you doing?" And he hasn't got a clue, or she hasn't got a clue. I've 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 noticed that a lot of the um, the newer DJs that are playing in nightclub, they actually just bring their own controller now, bro. <laughs> and then it's been, like they put been, their controller on the CDJs and they use that. <laughs> I have been stuck on for this. Like people have had a go at me. People have stopped talking to me. Um, hate on me because I've said certain things about controllers. I don't mind if you use a controller. I'm against, I wouldn't use it myself unless it was the only thing in the, in the club. Yeah? If that's the only thing in the shrubs, I'll use it. But if you're using a controller and there's CDJs available, do you not think you're lowering the art of DJing by picking a controller over the, over the CDJs or, or whatever? But at the same time, you've got to remember that some of the young youngsters that might be younger, yeah. If they got gifted, for example, a controller, and yeah. that's all they know how to like use. Yeah, four five hundred Pioneer controller. Bam. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, 
I see it a lot. I've seen a lot of, of DJs, but I've seen a lot of DJs that work quite well with it, and they do really good. Yeah, there are a lot of good DJs that Limelight. He's always used the same controller. He shells down every club he does. Works well. Yeah. But then you see a lot of DJs that I fell in love with DJing for the art of DJing, not for money, for clout, for any of these. I don't, bro. When I first got my show on Asian Network, I never asked about money. I didn't even know I was getting paid. Yeah. When I first got uh, weddings with you guys, I didn't ask about how much. I was just like, cool, I'll go and do it. When I first got my nightclubs, in fact, my first four nightclub gigs were charity gigs. I didn't get paid. I was never interested about money, clout, nothing. Obviously, Instagram, all that wasn't even up and running back then. So, like, I just think if you're using a controller, it's because you want a shortcut to learning how to DJ. If you want to learn how to DJ, use your ears first and then you can mess around with a controller if you really want to, to make mixes at home or whatever. But you need to... Bro, the whole art of DJing is mixing properly without having to use... But then your your argument might not necessarily be about a controller as such. It might be more so about the experience of learning to DJ, about learning how to beat match. Because technically, using a controller, you could still beat match, scratch, etc. Like, if you were to use a controller... You can't put a CD right? in. I'm not saying use CD. That's, that's outdated. I get that. That is gone. But, bro, like, if you... If there's a sync button on there, unless you're doing a super duper scratch routine where you've got like four acapellas and three beats and you're doing a madness, why are you using a sync button? And people are like, the argument is it's there to be used, which it is. But then that does that then go down to Pioneer? Like, should they be making these controllers? It's money though, isn't it? It comes down to what they're going to sell. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? Is their argument. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? But at the same time, I know, I know. good DJs that can that now use a controller that started off on turntable, for example, yeah. but have adapted. Not necessarily means that yeah. they have to use. Sync. Maybe I need to adapt to the new. I age. think, <laughs> I think what it is is you know you, you do have naturally some people that would just want the shortcut. Like I remember speaking to a lot of DJs that didn't want to come up on a journey. They wanted to be famous now. They wanted to make yeah. money now. I know, and I think yeah. you've demonstrated the same. Like my journey is kind of, we played for fun, we played for love, and then it kind of just got to where it got to yeah. over time Bro, and dedication that's and that, that's really we, what it is you know, that's what I, you, I saw, that's what I saw um, shortcuts. who did I see I think it was Rusky or, yeah. or RV or someone yeah both dope DJs both of them or one of them I can't remember who it was put up a post like a couple of years ago and it was, uh, an, it was it was two pictures on top of each other so one was an empty nightclub and one was a festival with like 100,000 people and it says if you've never done this don't expect this. And that just summed it up for me. I was like, if you can't, you know, work on this whole grind of working from, um, you might have a gig where there's four people in the club when you're growing up. That's, it makes you a better DJ. I agree, man. If you're Listen. doing a warm up set for, for, for me, say you're warming up for me, not you, but one is warming up for me, doing 11 till 12 and I'm doing 12 till two. If you smash your warm up, I could potentially book you somewhere else. Or, or bring you into musical movements or whatever it might be. But that warm-up set is actually more difficult than my set. I'm just doing two hours of all the bangers. You're doing a warm-up set to get the vibe going. If you can't do that properly, I'm not rating you. It's, it's true, like you said, like you touched on, is like when, you, when you're DJing and you're actually not playing in front of many people, it's harder. Playing in front of hundreds or thousands, whatever it may be, is actually yeah. the easiest thing to do. Well, I think weddings are harder than clubs. Yeah, I do. Because they're all different ranges and stuff but yeah. i think that's that's the thing that with experience i think we kind of 
you know, naturally with everything, you find a, you find a scenario that works, you find a, a routine to some capacity that kind of works, tweak it per bride and groom, and then and it kind of moves in that direction. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think um, ultimately what what it does come down to though is still my phone is ringing. Sorry, my phone has been non-stop today. Nevertheless, the phone's always life. going off. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the experiences that I learned in an empty venue, nightclub, or being kind of unprepared, I'd say, made me the DJ I am today. Because without yeah. those experiences, I would not be in a position Bro, I think, where I am now. Do you know what? That's another thing, yeah. Um, and I know we, we're, we're short of time now, but you know, like when something goes wrong, like. Um, like on Serato, you might get a bit of a red line or or sounds coming out a bit funky off one channel, or whatever. We've experienced all these issues and within a second or two, if you're at a wedding reception or a nightclub and something goes wrong with the equipment, I guarantee you and I would be able to tell exactly what's wrong with it in in first five seconds. We'd be like, oh, that's the phone lead. Oh, that's the USB lead. Oh, that's the Serato box or... Uh, the the timeco CDs scratch. You, you could tell because yeah. you know from experience, right? These new DJs, they come with a controller. Fine, do what you want to do. And then I'm like, have you got? Yeah, uh, you're right. You know have what? You, have you got a phono lead to like connect to the? Uh, yeah. Mix? And they don't like, know how to set up. They're like, no, bro. It's I done. True, true. I done. Um, again, um, I done a club in Camden, very well known club. Yeah, this was for a brunch. And uh, the person who was on after me had a controller. Now, she's really cool, good friend of mine. I won't name her, but she, so I'm holding her controller. The song's playing, yeah, there's people dancing. I'm holding the controller. And uh, she goes, what now? I say, I don't know, I don't, I don't do controllers. Like, well, <laughs> do what you need to do in it and stop playing. And she's like, okay, cool. Um, Shall we take the main power out of the mixer and put it into mine? I was like, you're gonna get five, 10 seconds of silence. Like, I don't think that's a good idea. I was like, just give me one of your phono leads, the red and white one, put it into your master out, I'll use it as a master into the mixer, go from there. So you'll have phono leads. And that got me thinking, I was like, these new DJs you know what? have no you, idea. You know, a lot of the kind of clubs, when they book multiple DJs, and multiple DJs are showing up and they're a lot younger, um, and they go to a nightclub, and the nightclub's got CDJs, for example, but every DJ's got their own preferences now, because there's so much, that back in the day, Which is there's only one them. set you yeah. can use, you can only use... CDJs and mixers. I remember trying in, to remember switch we between. we've switched between each other so many times, like trying to trying to go from one one guy's laptop to another. Do you remember back in the day without yeah. without the SL4, the SL3, SL2, SL1? On one single USB. Yeah. So. <laughs> you were literally like playing one side and then you're just putting a CD into this. Trying to get one. the mic man oh, to say something. My, yeah. Hype the crowd up before damn. the switch over. They'll never know the problem. But then look, fair enough, they're doing their thing and um there is, to be fair, well, a lot of good young I, DJs. Do you there. think it's easier to drink and DJ on a controller? <laughs> or yeah, on CDJs sink, sink on a turntable? <laughs> <laughs> no, look, there is, uh, obviously we've, we've said what we had to say, but there's a lot of good young DJs out there. I keep hitting the table and Sean's not happy. Um, there's a good, lot of good young DJs. That are, we're one of our own, um, DJ Barai's awesome DJ controller. Do you use controller? Currently, but he, he, he learned on turntables. Okay, so he see. can, he, and he uses CDJs. Would oh, so you? Can. Oh, yes, so he has, yeah, yeah, yeah. He technically, he actually could use that. Well, look, a bit of advice for any DJ, um, unless, you know, like we, we named a couple that shut it down with a, with a controller. I would suggest everyone does get familiar with CDJs because you never know, you might be at a club where your controller might go bust and there's CDJs there. 
I, I agree. I think, you know, knowing if you're a DJ and you do this full time and this is your profession and this is what you make money from, it's important to understand, like, especially if you're playing in another venue, what the equipment that they have and who's playing before you, who's playing after you. Yeah. Because if you don't know that, the transitions are difficult. Now, I know, like you, like you mentioned, many times I've DJed with other people, they simply don't know what to do after. And it's not my nature to just leave them there. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll set we, them we'll up, transfer them, make sure that they're okay and move. But I can't, I can't imagine it being much I always easier. do that. You know, yeah. I even show them, I, if they ask, I'll be like, they're like, oh, have you played this? I'm like, look, here's my history. Just scroll through it as you want. That's what I played today. Yeah. Just, yeah. anyways, I think that's enough ranting. <laughs> no, I think, I think Trey needs another drink at the moment. So um, that is the, uh, that's the end of uh, episode two. And I think it's... Um, yeah, I think it's interesting to touch on the points on, on regard to DJs, drinking, etc. And as I was saying, mm. we're not saying we're encouraging anything in specific. This is just our opinion. This is just our insight. Yes. Thank you for listening and tuning in, whatever, watching. Subscribe, share with your mates. What do we say? Pass the pod, as they all say in all these fancy I, podcasts. I, I actually don't watch many podcasts as of yet, so it's something I'm probably going to do. So actually, if there's any good podcast that anyone would recommend, <laughs> please post some comments. Um, it, it, it's always good. And if anyone's got any feedback yeah, or... Or anything along those lines, you know, if anything in particular you'd like us to cover, um, yeah, please, please comment and let us know. I don't hate controllers that much, just a little bit. D-Lo hater. Peace. <laughs>